1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. <laughs> and this is the h and Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Um, Tom Gibbs from The Telegraph joined us. He had put together a mm. list of big, the f- biggest football irritations of the year so far. And they were... Pretty varied, as you'll discover. Um, we had a bit of a chat, didn't we? We did, yeah. And on a serious note, John Pinar popped in to see us. You know, kind of legendary uh, presenter. What a great voice! Times got. Radio Drive presenter. And the worlds of sport and politics colliding at the moment. Uh, and it was uh, interesting was, that, stuff. That, yeah. But after he left the studio, we both sort of looked. At him and thought, What a thin voices we've got. Yeah, you know. I think whoever you meet, really. I mean, what a voice as you, as you'll hear uh, now. Six minutes past one, good afternoon everyone, good afternoon Andy. Who used to say that? Pace. Somebody we knew. We that was
3: a caller. Was it? It was a caller, wasn't I it? it, was, it was uh, I think it was an old clip. would the bloke said
2: a great deal of pace. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Not yeah. Alan
3: Pace, no, no, obviously. No. Anyway, I've got breaking news for you. Oh yeah. Uh, this afternoon the government will announce the takeover of Chelsea. Uh, Thomas Tuchel will be replaced by Jacob Rees-Mogg. Yeah. And the team will now play in double-breasted pinstripes and a tie. Nice. Okay, that sounds good. Other fans, I've noticed this on Twitter, are desperate, are desperate for Chelsea to be sh- sanctioned, especially Arsenal fans. Yeah, I think Arsenal are the club that's mostly been affected by Chelsea's rise. Yeah, you know, remember David Dean's famous quote about Russia. This is because everything
2: is going on po- politically at the moment around oh, yeah. Russian oligarchs. Oh
3: yeah, you I know. Think, yeah, that's right. Yeah. and uh, and one Arsenal fan said that uh, Chelsea should not allowed to pl- be should not be allowed to play any players bought by uh, Mr Abramovich in the whole time that he's been at the A bit club news for Scott Minto he's playing <laughs> yeah, sadly well, yeah welcome back Dennis Wise Ron Harris and Mickey Troy <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've been have doing to put out the wild chat to John Pinar about what you know, it can actually mean and what? Well, no, can well, yeah.
2: I mean, in in the real world, it, it this all does mm. seem unlikely. I mean, I've got to be honest. I'm sure every for everybody but mm. Chelsea fans, it would be hilarious. But it's not oh, going. No, it's not going it to happen. Would. It's, not it's the same happen. as if the oil wells dried up and City went <laughs> yeah, out of Yeah, suddenly you know, that's we all, right. It's all Stop buying electric cars, all the City fans <laughs> are shouting. <laughs> uh, anyway, Andy, you were there last night, and it was pretty routine, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I thought that Chelsea played well. Mm. It's the best they played for some time, and. I'm, I, I know Was there a t- reason
2: for that? Yes, think?
3: and I'm not just saying it now. I said it ages before hmm. ago that Chelsea looked better without Lukaku. They're more fluid. Yeah. They just got a, a look about them that they play in a different way. Havertz
2: gets into different
3: positions, isn't he? Pops up. I mean, yeah, he could have had a couple know. before so he scored. He,
2: he, yeah, he played
3: really well. And mm. It was a lovely goal, the second goal. And yeah, it's, it's always hard to judge. They've looked quite good. Chelsea looked all right in cup competitions. It seems yeah. th- the league seems to be more of a problem for them. I and mean, they certainly played with more vigour in that game than they did against Palace. Everyone was pointing out that Timothy Ware, who was on the uh, Leo bench, was uh, 22 years old. He wears 22. Yeah. And he of course, the 22, 22, 22. But he's, he's not the only player. Let's not forget the former Borough and United centre-half, Gary Palindrome.
2: Oh, yeah. oh what a player. What a play. Not much. bad. Gary, I think we've exhausted that. Gary Palindrome. There's no wa- There's nowhere to go after that. Unless you can come up with something, I'll be very surprised. i got something to get you going on today. It's courtesy of our old mate Max Rushton, who tweeted this out from a guy called Joel Grove, who I guess is a... Charlton fan who was at the game last night and he said, how bad is this? Uh, Guy in front of me at Charlton Uh, is uh, actually sorting out his VAT while the game's on. Now, unfortunately, (laughs) for our old mate, Johnny Jackson, who's in charge at the moment, (laughs) they they did lose to MK Dons. uh, And this Charlton fan thought, we're not getting back into this. It was pointed out by one of Joel's followers that, in fact, what he was doing was a use of home expenses for working from home, (laughs) not, in fact, VAT, £6 per week allowance. So he wasn't um, making tax digital. Now, I, well, I, yeah, he I kind of was, really. When he was right. he was making a claim on something. But I'd say, how bad has a game got to be mm. from to hold your attention where you think, you know what, while I'm here, while I'm here at the <laughs> Valley, I will sort out that £6 uh, working-from-home use-of-home expenses allowance. So idea. we're interested to know that the things you did... Um, instead, because the game had got so boring. I mean, I've sort of, I've gone to games where sort of mates of of mine have had like full-scale conversations about where they're going to go on holiday next. And he said, "Oh, I went there once, it was good. You definitely want to go on the south side of the island. <laughs> oh, and yeah. you go, hang on, well, oh no, we missed. And so, you know, like you're 2-0 <laughs> down. That happens a lot. You're 2 nil down and off yeah. you go. So yeah, things yeah. you did, things you planned, things you discussed, rather than just watch a quite terrible game, or any sport, mm. it doesn't have to be football, Uh, talksport.com text 81089 tweet to TSHNJ TSHANDJ we look forward to hearing from you later on and
3: uh uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Antonio Conte from his time at Chelsea. Yeah, I, do fi- I did find this quote quite amusing. He was talking about his handling of Harry Kane. He hmm. said, I remember very well this question about a sporting director in Italy. He is my friend and his name is Pantaleo Corvino, who said, you can ma- make mistakes about your wife, but not about the striker. For me, it's the best quote that I understand in football. You can make a mistake about your wife, but not mistakes about your striker. I was thinking, yeah, what about Diego
2: Costa? <laughs> you told him he got the sack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brilliant. Right. <laughs> Sent him a fax or something. So I sent him a text, didn't he? And said, Perhaps yeah, Pantaleo you're
3: fired. made that statement after he had gone wrong with Costa. It could have been. Who done. knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Pantaleo? <laughs> yeah, that? Pantaleo. Yeah. you well, got a greatness. song. Well, if, ever song gets, for <laughs> if he ever gets a job over
2: here, you've already got a song for him, which is nice.
3: <laughs> I had a song for somebody else the other day, and I've forgotten what it is now. But Anything else you want to share with us? Yes. Um, honestly, people are funny, aren't they, the way they oh, see I don't life? Know. We're about to find well, out. It's what said. Let's see all the pity for the British 4x400. Uh, relay team stripped of their medals for a failed drugs test, they were quick to castigate that sweet little Russian girl skater for what was probably an accident yeah. and wouldn't even make any difference to the skating performance, anyhow. You think accident from representing somebody that's systematic state doping? Yes. They've been thrown out of the Olympics. Yeah.
2: Honestly, was that, how, do you, was that, uh, how do you see it like? Was that, that Les from Kaliningrad who sent that one? <laughs> uh, crackers have been in touch. He said the great thing about Gary Palindrome is he was as good going forwards as he was backwards. Yeah, very, very good. good. Yes, very good, marvelous.
3: Um, anything else? I was just looking for that song, but never. No, I'll find it in the break. You'll find the song. Uh, yes, the Duke of Kent. He was in the uh, court circuit. It was Good. St James's Palace. He uh, he's the patron of the British German Association. He oh. held a reception. Obviously, they said to him, Boris Becker and Steffi Graf will be there. All right, I'll go. Yes, of course. <laughs> He'll be there. Tonight, <laughs> That's how they get I'll him imagine. to go
2: there? He'll be at Mallonu tonight <laughs> with a foot in both camps. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, as we were just saying, the worlds of politics and sport colliding at the moment with a Champions League final destined for St. Petersburg in the midst of everything that's going on between Russia and Ukraine. Before we chat to John Pienaar from Times Radio, we're going to hear from Rob Harris, global sports writer for the Associated Press. He was chatting to Jim White earlier and said there is still a chance the Champions League final will take place in St. Petersburg.
4: We saw the World Cup go ahead in Russia in 2018, Mm. despite the Salisbury poisoning, despite separatists backed by Moscow going into the Donetsk region as well and very quickly moved on. It shows sport can very often give
1: cover for regimes like Vladimir Putin.
2: Yes, John Pinar is with us. Uh, John, good afternoon. Hi, Hello, guys. Yeah, I mean World Cups are different I mean, and the I mean, situation's different is this situation different? Would you say I mean look you know, the things that went on in our own backyard that were quite yeah. terrible, but we still went off to a World Cup.
0: Yeah, I mean that's so. I mean in China you've got you've got concentration camps in the Xinjiang province where Muslims are herded into, into into camps and treated in an absolutely inhuman way and still you get the, the Winter Olympics. And as you say that World Cup went ahead. I, I reckon, you know, it doesn't matter what I think, before what it's worth, I, I imagine events will determine whatever happens yeah. in the in the European Champions League final. Simply for this reason, if the if the situation somehow calms down, if the emergency subsides a bit, if it turns out there is no uh, full military push into, into Ukraine, the country of Ukraine, and the tension just cools down a bit, well, then it may be the problem begins to to retreat as well. If that's not the case, if Vladimir Putin orders his armies across Uta- Ukraine, sweeps through Kiev, and we end up not just with a bloody conflict on the European mainland of a kind we have not seen since World War II, mm. but also an economic crisis of a kind that right now we can barely imagine, but which is very, very real as a, as a possibility, and a refugee crisis as millions of people poor... Away from Ukraine into other parts of, of Europe. Who can imagine who can imagine this 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 final taking place in St Petersburg under uh, circumstances like that? Yeah. I for one cannot. And that's to say nothing of the, the political pressures, which would be absolutely intense. Mm. You know, on indirectly, you've heard the Foreign Secretary saying there should be a club boycott of the competition. Now, I don't reckon this trust, the Foreign Secretary, is steeped in the culture of football hey. or the understanding of the way that it works. But equally you can easily imagine that that would be a very, very live question too. So I suspect you know the events will decide what what happens but mm. you know as things
3: stand it's really hard to see this going ahead as planned and for fans i mean we went to the world cup in russia and it was quite difficult to get a visa it was hard it was a lot i can't imagine it would be you know possible even but uh, there was a lot of excitement yesterday from other fans uh, clubs not chelsea that roman Abramovich may get his assets frozen you know and I, it's very interesting to see you know I can't see I mean obviously I'm a Chelsea fan I hope it doesn't happen but I can't see how they could do that what could they do yeah
0: I mean a lot of that was based just simply on Boris Johnson messing up his lines mm. you know not for the first time in, in, the, in the House, House mm. of Commons the Prime Minister spoke about Roman Abramovich as having been a subject to sanctions which he simply has not mm. it was a misunderstanding about a, a tangle earlier on about his visa status and when he's been pushed on that he says well the Foreign Secretary has been saying earlier on today we're not going to talk about what we might do in the future, who might or might not be be targeted. So any question of that is pure, pure, I think open speculation. As it is, Abramovich just not has not been a target. And we can thank Boris Johnson fluffing his lines uh, for the conversation taking place in the way that it has. Mm.
2: I mean, you John, as, as somebody who's worked in politics for a long time, you've probably looked at a lot of situations around the world. Does does this feel different to you? you more concerned about this than you have been for years? Or do you, or you sense things make one? Yeah, no,
0: I mean, I, I, I'd at the risk of, of stating the screaming the obvious, and frankly I spend a lot of my time stating the screaming the <laughs> obvious, this is, this is really, really serious. Mm. I mean, If you listen to, even listen to the words that are being uttered now, there's the Foreign Secretary this morning, British Foreign Secretary, saying uh, that Vladimir Putin is hell-bent on a, a full invasion. The Australian Prime Minister is saying it could happen in the next 24 hours. Now look, a week ago it was said that it was going to happen Wednesday and it didn't happen on Wednesday. The only person who really knows is Vladimir Putin. Mm. But the way He's lining up that mighty force on the Ukraine border. Everything, you know, from the point of view of the this points to a very real plan to sweep through uh, Kiev and do what he wants to do, which everyone understands that uh, Putin wants to do, which is to recreate a Russian empire, mm. not so much the Soviet Union as the Tsars. He sees himself, you know, experts who know a lot more than me, say that his dream is to become a new Tsar yeah. of the modern world. And that would be a very dark place indeed. As, as I say, economics... Refugees and a, a disruption we would feel here. I mean, if there were still people thinking this seems like a, a distant crisis in a in a place far far away, mm. again, forgive me for stating the obvious, but this is very very real.
2: It does feel different. The, 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 the kind of rhetoric from the Kremlin feels different. We've had a lot of swagger from him before, but this does feel a he's bit different. He's such a chilling
3: character. I don't know if you saw that piece of footage yesterday where he's speaking to one of his cabinet members and he's putting this bloke down. The bloke's so yeah. nervous. You yeah. Can see. He, Not somebody you'd want to cross.
0: Oh, well, well, that that is for sure. I mean, you'll remember the American president spoke of Vladimir Putin as a killer. He called him a killer to his face. I don't know how many people doubt that is simply the literal truth. You're talking about a former, in his time, a former high-ranking officer in the KGB, the Russian secret police. He has under his sway any number of the people who really control Russia. That is the billionaire so-called oligarchs. Who who cleaned up when the state-owned enterprises were sold off? They they cleaned up their billions upon billions, and Vladimir Putin got his got his share. He's supposed to have somewhere two hundred billion. Pounds, or is that dollars? I'm not sure it makes a difference, frankly. Screw screwed up. That's away. why he's
3: not going to be that bothered about sanctions, is he? <laughs> because well, he personally has got his own money and it's that's it.
0: Well, I mean, there are, there are people who you'd imagine would be worried about sanctions. Some of those people who've got all this money and all mm-hmm. these interests in property and other shell companies and all the rest of it, if there was a serious attempt to get at them, they would feel feel the pain. And it is said, I, I, I say this repeating eighth-hand talk here, I'm not talking to Kremlin leaders, I'm not, not talking to the oligarchs, but I'm talking to people who know what they're talking about mm. and they say that some of these people could put the screw on Vladimir Putin if he seriously looks as if he's putting their interests their massive interests at stake for the sake of his own czarist ambitions I guess the hope the hope would be that he gets they put him under the kind of pressure which causes Putin to think again but you said it yourself you, you look at Putin in that news conference so called that, that's addressed to the nation the mm. other evening. Some said his eyes looked blank. He did not look like someone who was interested in reasoning.
2: Are are the the people with him on this? Do they want to empire build in the same way or do they basically have no choice?
0: Well, if you're talking about Russian public opinion, I've got limited understanding of that. But from what you kind of pick up is what Russian people want is what people want everywhere. They don't want war. They don't want massive, massive disruption. They do see Ukraine in a way that you know has been the case for a very long time is a brother nation they see the ukrainians as a as a kindred a kindred people yeah. and we're talking here about a very very bloody war against these this kindred people and maybe worse from the point of view of a lot of people in russia and i'm kind of making this up now but it's sort of common sense is the idea and the thought of Russian body bags coming back from the front in Ukraine is the thought of, sort of thing that really upsets any any population mm. and could change the mood there you know, significantly. Yeah. What
3: about the role of Gazprom? Because MPs have called for UEFA to stop taking money from Gazprom. They're a major sponsor of the Champions League. Um, can you see that happening? Uh, it... to, be, to be honest, guys, I, I reckon you,
0: you'd know more about that kind of politics mm. than, than I would, but we all know that Gazprom is a massive player in European football, it's a major sponsor of the of the uh, the European Champions League. They were going to name the stadium. I think they still are in Saint Petersburg, the Gazprom yeah, yeah, yeah. Stadium, for the for the purpose of the, of the final. So they're a big, big player. Now, will that cause people to think again? If it is going to cause people yeah. to think again, they're not going to go telling you and me about that.
2: I mean, this this fear of of, of Ukraine being sort of running into the arms of NATO, which which they see in Russia, which Putin sees yeah. as, a, as a real fear. You do worry because if he steps back from that now, then that's going to be accentuated even more. Yeah. They are going to be driven towards uh, NATO even more. So it's sure. going to be quite difficult for him to back down. Except, that's the worry. Except, except
0: that's one thing that won't happen. Hmm. The I mean, the idea of Ukraine joining NATO is a is a, is a, a theoretical hmm. prospect at, at best. And one reason for that is the constitution of NATO says you cannot become a member unless you're in control of your own borders. Now, right now, there has been a pretty much a civil war going on in those two big regions of eastern Ukraine for some considerable time. The two regions that Putin just off the bat recognized as countries, so that mm. would have been enough. But now he's recognized them as separate so-called republic republics. And Ukraine can't say they're in control of their own borders. So NATO will not want to import another country's war, mm. um, in, uh, civil war, into the membership of NATO. So it was always distant. It now looks more distant than ever. But it hasn't stopped Putin demanding that NATO rule the idea out for all time. Mm. And that is also impossible because NATO is not going to tell another sovereign country what it wants to do, what mm. it should do, what it should dream of doing.
2: Finally, John, there there is a school of thought that that says what they've already done in Donbass and Luhansk is enough to take the Champions League away from them but you, you're right you do sense it will be a kind of watching brief from UEFA they'll see how it develops yeah. uh, and as you say if they do cross the border in numbers uh, then they will take it away from them but they're not going to do anything anytime no, soon Well,
0: that, look, The idea that the prospects of a St. Petersburg UEFA Champions League final effectively disappears if there's a rush into into the, you know, the rest of Ukraine I would suggest my guess is and it's a guess it becomes impossible that's mm. just my my guess I mean I can't you know, I can't read the crystal ball any more than than no. anyone else. It just seems a certain political logic to, to that um, I- I- idea. But as to you know, as for what's going to happen next, frankly, you know, I can't see what's going to happen in twenty five minutes' time. No, never, no. Mind, never mind what's going to be happening <laughs> in six weeks or or two months. So I'd add that just small qualification.
2: The Hargreaves and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Cutting your toenails at the match—I don't think that would be among your uh, great footballing uh, mm. irritations. Uh, in today's Telegraph, uh, Tom Gibbs has listed his there. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some interesting ones in there. And he joins us now. Good afternoon, Tom.
4: Hi there. How you doing? Yeah. Are you so good, what, what
2: led you to the, what was the one that kicked you off? You thought that's the thing that really annoys me. And I'm sure I can come up with six others if I try. <laughs> what was the what was the, the jump off point for this?
4: Careful, you're going to lift the veil there on the journalistic process. Um, we, uh, you know what pushed me over the edge was the double-decker advertising boards that have now sprung up at Manchester City and Wolves. They're, they're inescapable when you're watching the game, certainly on TV, because they take up twice as much room as you're used to seeing from advertising boards. So, you know, the ads are now getting to a point where they're um, you know, looking more prominent than the football you're actually watching. And in the case of City, they actually reduce their um, capacity buy more than a thousand seats to accommodate the second layer of ad boards. So, I've had enough.
3: Yeah, yeah, you done tell well, about- though, to, when you've got a game as good as Tottenham Man City. To, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> Probably one of the best games of the season, and all you took away from it was the ad boards. So that's over, the problem, isn't it? That's hmm. exactly
4: the issue. If I'm, if I'm focusing on that and not Harry Kane being brilliant, then <laughs> yeah.
2: something's gone wrong. <laughs> but if you're prepared to take the, the proceeds of 1,100 football fans out of the equation, it, it tells you how much they're making from their double-decker mm. LCD advertising boards, doesn't it?
4: Exactly, and you know it does put rather a different spin on uh, all the uh, all the pandemic uh, messaging about football without the fans is nothing. I think we've seen exactly how much that means in practice now.
2: One thing I've noticed this on the old Spurs website when they send me stuff from the shop, you know, they do some fine stuff in there, but I don't think I'm ever going to be troubling the anthem jacket department. <laughs> the idea that the idea of that as a fan that you wear it mm. as a fan, you wear it just for the anthem, and they all shake hands, <laughs> and the minute the players take theirs and off, you take yours, you off. take yours off as well like Gregory's girl or something it's it's, it's, it's unlikely but I can't ever see I myself a an... problem with things like this you're not forced to buy it are you it's not, it's yeah. not
3: like you, no bloke but standing at the gate doesn't... saying you can't come in here unless you're wearing your anthem jacket
2: that <laughs> is <laughs> that is that is that is the sign of the sporting apocalypse when that happens <laughs> Andy. no anthem jacket you're not getting in but it's, I don't know it's just two hateful words I don't quite know why that is
4: no, I think the problem I have with a lot of things like this is that they are somehow making football seem more insecure than it needs to be. It's as if the people running football, the people driving this sort of rampant, endless commercialisation um, are just piling more and more on top of it as if they're worried that if, if everyone stops paying attention, being blinded by jackets and adverts and um, you know um, needless away kits and sponsors on the sleeve and everything like that they're going to realise, oh hang on, a lot of this actually isn't that interesting but that's sort of the glory of football that's what makes it so exciting That's what makes yeah. a goal so exciting is that it comes within the context of what can be quite a dreary game a lot of the time
2: I couldn't work out the other day why Newcastle wearing that black away kit and West Ham were wearing their colours I thought well you know wh- why are they doing that it was clearly because they've got a few yeah. left in the club shop I that's would imagine. Right, yeah. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I'm sure there's some obscure ruling about how many times they've got, to, they've got to wear that and agreements with sponsors and makers and things like that. The weirdest thing about that is um, they played each other the first game of the season, obviously, like all the games this weekend, just gone yeah. with a reverse of that. And they were both in their home kits and it was absolutely fine. So yeah. just meddling for meddling's sake, really.
2: Oh, that's be. absolutely true. That was another, as you say, needless away kits. And one I, well, I do agree with you on numerically ordered teams, which does give you some very odd lineups, doesn't it?
4: Yeah, I mean this, with the Telegraph tackling the big issues as ever. <laughs> um, this um, uh, th- this is something you see both at games where you get the teams ran uh, read out over the tannoy before mm. the game starts, um, and they just get you know in the era of squad numbers, it doesn't make any sense to do it in that order. So, um, and Man United tweeted out theirs at the weekend. So their back four, according to what they tweeted out, was Lindelof and Maguire, fine, uh, and then Pogba and Ronaldo. Now. <laughs> I know that Ralph Rangnick is uh, <laughs> trying to exert some influence, but I don't think if you're playing Ronaldo at left back and uh, Wan Bissaka and McTominay up top, so something's going to ride there. No.
2: And uh, something that's crept into the game: sleeve sponsors. You're not massively keen no. on those. No, I mean
4: they're, they're just an absolute blight, aren't they? I, I mean I think that the horse has bolted for sponsors on the front of shirts, and I think you know I'm a QPR fan. I think some of our best shirts have been. Um, aided by the sponsor. We had Guinness for this yeah, year. I was and about I, to I, say I, that. I, isn't I, it
2: strange? The yeah. first one that comes to
3: mind. That's yeah, true. On yeah. that commercial partnerships are an odd thing. I was reading this morning that Manchester United have a commercial partnership with the Russian airline Aeroflot. Yeah. You now They've had to cancel the flight to Spain. That is a strange tie-up, isn't it? I know Manchester United are a world club, but do you ever think
2: that? Think, yeah. oh, no, At no. least it's an airline. It's not the, official, it's not the official mattress, is it? Or the... <laughs> You know, it says you get, when you get the official mattress supplier to Manchester United or Arsenal or Chelsea or whatever, you think, well, do they need one? Well, they might Yeah, <laughs>
4: apparently so, apparently so. Valuable <laughs> money.
2: And, but the sleeve sponsor, I mean, I suppose the fans will think, well, look, you know, if somebody wants to get on our sleeve and it means we can sign another striker, then I don't mind.
4: Yeah, but again, you just wonder what what are the what are the clubs getting out of this? It can't be the difference between signing another striker and not, because that we're talking millions and millions of pounds there. Mm. I'm not convinced the sorts of disgusting logos you see on sleeves are consistent with that sort of money.
2: Yeah, I mean, you look at shirts sort of in, mm. in Central and South America and look at the sponsorship on those. I mean, it's a different. Well, they look like cycling jerseys. They songs, do, don't <laughs> you? So I wonder if we're heading down that route at some stage.
4: Yeah, yeah. All our teams are going to start looking like a uh, wonderful size, like the strongest from Bolivia before
2: yeah. long, I'm sure. Good stuff. Well, it was a good piece. We enjoyed it. Thanks very Thank much, you. Tom.
4: Thanks very much. Pleasure.
2: Tom Gibbs there is a uh, piece on the back of today's Telegraph Sport Biggest. Football irritations of 2022 so far. It's still very early yeah, it's on. It's not good I for think.
3: the Aeroflot pilots, as I remember
2: when we were in Russia. They all looked about 12, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> the
3: <laughs> they students.
2: did. They did look incredibly young. Anyway, um, I've got a great Andy Jacobs look-alike. So three rows in front of right me at yeah. Man City, but he always pops to the bar on 38 minutes. That is definitely not Andy. That's definitely not me. That's definitely not him. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Uh, yes, I was
3: in the middle of the, on Monday of finishing off my uh, food review. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll well, come back
2: to that. It. I love this woman's yeah, work. She's in, a, she's in a top-class Indian restaurant, yes, isn't she? Yes, she
3: is. Uh, she was having the... Uh, Roti uh, itself somehow excels its reputation. It was unbelievably tasty, of That's course good, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I could have eaten piles of it straight up, I used it to. Mop straight it. up? What is it? It's <laughs> in a Guy Ritchie
2: film or something.
3: <laughs> straight up. Straight up. <laughs> Sitting in the tight seating area with a buzz of customers and staff and fresh cooking opposite me, my senses were in overload. Oh, okay. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> the doll was singing with rich spices. <laughs> good. Singing. Singing. nice and appropriately thick in texture you are (laughs) but that is true with rogue (laughs) chunks of chili for an extra kick what i like an extra kick waking me up from my dreamland oh for goodness on the table we also had some fried chicken which were crispy is that right which was crispy surely but of mind. juicy and oozing with spice okay good (laughs) don't like oozing with spice my fellow Diner ordered the charcoal towel. Ch-pum? A stir-fried dish of noodles. Oh, what, in an Indian restaurant? How did yeah. that happen? Anyway. Maybe she popped next door. <laughs> not for the faint-hearted, but the staff kindly made it extra spicy for us. Is yeah. it kindly? Probably not really. It was still packed with different notes of spice and flavor. Portions weren't overly fatty
2: thanks but still hearty and very filling beautiful thank you very much well, what a lovely meal she had <laughs> you won't even tell her what her name is i mean she wonders. if she listens in now oh, yes work sure. deconstructed like that it can't be a lot of fun for her can mm. it? i could give you she has a, actually her name has a football clue
3: if i wanted to give oh, okay. you okay your she... name pelle <laughs> Doris Pelle, the food reviewer. Anything else you want to share with us? Uh, yes, I uh, i was telling you about... Uh, oh, no, I could read this This one. This is a letter to the star today. Oh, yes. Uh, I love this description of Anne Robinson. Countdown has always been a favourite of mine until slobbering Anne Robinson took okay. out... Slobbering? Slobbering? I've never seen Anne slobber. No, no, I've, I don't think I have Very either. harsh, yes. really, but uh, what can you do? And... Um, oh yes where was i with this i was reading yes i was reading you this uh, racing ad alex gory yes because for the last two years honestly he's not changed his head so much so that it kept saying i've had a great september right <laughs> and by the time it came around to the like, the next september it worked again but then by the time we got to january you think well who cares what you did in september but anyway in 2021 i had close to my best cheltenham festival and Royal Ascot meetings. And I've been tipping racehorses for 35 years. Okay. Don't miss this year. Okay. Well, I'll try not to. I'm very excited about this year. Okay. And we're pulling out all the stops to make this year (laughs) one to remember. Make
2: sure you call every day. This year. This year. Yes, very much. I take The take away from that is very much this year. Uh, me and my mates were watching Port Vale at Barnet. The game was so bad, we sat at the bottom of the stand on the floor and played three-card brag, okay. says Sammy from Staffordshire. So just some of the things that you did because the game was uh, quite terrible. Thanks for those. Uh, we may squeeze in a couple more. Um, we had a question about Harry Maguire there in the in the
3: Paddy Power quiz. Yeah. There's a very interesting piece this morning about uh, when Maguire scored on Sunday... Mm. Uh, He pointed towards the stand. Yes. And it said he was looking at supportive chief executive Richard Arnold and David Gill. You would think... How do you know that?
2: You don't know who he's pointing. It could be his family. It could be anybody. I don't know. It depends if he's, if he's, a, very, if he's a very particular pointer. <laughs> You're never in any doubt yeah, very, that Harry very Maguire accurate is pointing point. out. It's like one of those laser pens. It's like the Pompey point. Sailor. My old mate Andy Strickland used to say, the Pompey Sailor, he'd go around, he'd give thumbs up to people as he walked around the pitch right. and he always looked like he was looking right into your, looking into your soul. It's like the Mona Lisa of mascots. Yeah. The Pompey Sailor <laughs> would look, individually look into your soul as he wandered around giving <laughs> thumbs up to the crowd at front Good. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. So there we are. That was this afternoon's show. I'll be back tomorrow with Charlie. And he will be popping up in the birthday spread oh, with yes. Jeff Peters. Do hope you can join us from one. If not, the podcast will be available at around four o'clock. You've been listening to the
4: Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince.